Well, let me answer it by telling you that I was once at a conference and I don't remember what um, talk I went into here, but I do remember the speaker saying that when you go away with your children, consider that a trip, not a vacation. <laughs> that being said, um, you know, some families are not in a, a situation where they can afford to take both a trip and a vacation. And I think that there's ways to work around it. How can you make sure that your marriage gets a boost the next time you take a vacation? Dr. Karen Sherman has answers. Stay tuned. So I was visiting a friend not too long ago, and he told me a story that I wanted to share with you. They had some friends over for dinner, and they told them to go grab a wine bottle from the rack so that they could have it with dinner. And the guests went over and grabbed the bottle from the Hitched Wine Club. And immediately the couple replied, no, 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 not that one. That's our special wine. And so I want you and your spouse to have your own special wine too. And that's why I keep mentioning the Hitched Wine Club each week. Our wines are 100% guaranteed. The shipping is free. There are no membership fees. You can cancel at any time. So if you're already buying wine, let us send you your own special wine that you and your spouse can tell your guests to don't touch. <laughs> uh, we are running a fantastic deal right now. So visit hitchedmag.com and click the wine club link to learn more. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. So Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years, and she's going to help us out today. Uh, you know, this is the time when a lot of people are talking about or planning or about to go on their vacations. And I wanted to talk about making the most of your vacation for the benefit of your marriage. Uh, now, getting into this, Karen, I realize that not everyone is fortunate enough to take an annual summer vacation or vacation at all, for that matter. Mm -hmm. um, but if you are such a lucky couple, let's say that you have a week off. What is the first thing that a couple should do or plan to bond over that vacation? Well, I think the first thing they should do so that they will bond is have a discussion about uh, what that vacation is going to look like. Um, they want to make sure that it is within their budget. Uh, they want to make sure that it is a destination that is going to meet the needs of both of them. Um, and those needs are um, is it a beach vacation? Is it a city vacation? Um, how far is it going to be from home in case, you know, they feel they have the need to get home for some reason? Um, so they want to talk basically about the practical end of the vacation. Okay. You know, it's, it's funny you say that, like what kind of vacation they want. I remember uh, my wife and I having this kind of a conversation when we were discussing our honeymoon back in the day. Mm -hmm. And on the one hand, we both love traveling and we're uh, pretty physically active people and we like to walk around and do a whole bunch of stuff. But then there was the pragmatic side of us that, that was thinking, 
you know what, after all the wedding stuff that's going to go on, we're probably just going to sit on our butt. Yeah. Um, so we wound up making, having that exact discussion, trying to figure out what we wanted out of our honeymoon. Right. Um, right. So that we would get the most out of it. Yes. Oh, so, uh, so, uh, are there any specific actions or communication tactics they should, uh, a couple should employ? Um, I mean, is it just a matter of going on a vacation with an intention to connect? No. Okay. <laughs> I love that you asked me that. Okay, good. One of the things that I always recommend my couples do is to talk about what each of them expects from their vacation. Now, what, what they don't realize um, is that each of you probably has a little visual in your mind of what the vacation is going to look like. Um, and expectations really sort of set you up for everything in life. Um, I have a friend right now who's recovering from um, a knee surgery, mm -hmm. and she had a certain expectation about what was going to occur, and because it's going a little bit differently, it's really sort of putting her down in the dumps. Um, you know, you go to an event and you expected it to be horrible um, and it beat your expectations. So you had a fabulous time. So expectations have a lot to do with how you end up feeling about something. So again, each couple may have a different expectation about what's going to happen on their vacation. So for instance, we're going to sleep in, you know, this is vacation. We're finally going to get a chance to rest. And there's, you know, we don't have to set an alarm clock. The other one's thinking, oh, this is a vacation. This is a time for us to get up and go and do things. We never get a chance to just do things all the time. Well, those two sets of expectations are going to be in conflict with each other. Um, this is a vacation. So now we're finally going to get a chance to romance. And I envision, let's say the female, I envision that, you know, you're going to be romantic and you're going to say romantic things to me. And we're going to walk along the beach and, you know, just take our shoes off and, and just, you know, look at the moon and you're going to be so affectionate. And he's thinking to himself, oh, I, I can just relax and take my guard off and, and not have to worry about anything. And so, you know, he's not even thinking about like what it should look like as far as romance or anything. I'm just going to let it all hang loose. Yeah. So I think it's really important for the couple to talk to their mate about what they envision is going to happen for their time away together and then make adjustments accordingly. I mean, so really, if you are going on a vacation and you expect to be some romance time, uh, some physical bonding, let's say, that's something that you think should be explicitly expressed prior to leaving? Yes. And romance doesn't necessarily have to be sexual, but... You know, I mean, and, and, and even that should be spelled out. Yeah, of course. I'm expecting for, for this to really give us a chance to reconnect on an intimate level, you know, and, and one of them may think, oh, good. So that means we're going to be having sex every day. Well, no, that's not what I meant. What I meant is I thought finally you would pay me some compliments and, you know, that you would, um, you know, be showing me a lot more public affection than, you know, you usually do um, because now there'll be no distractions and, you know, things for you to be worried about, about work. So I think that things have to be spelled out. And, you know, initially when I suggested this, this to my couples, they like, look at me like, really? And I go, yeah. But then they come back and they say, thank you so much for suggesting that. Because when you're in the midst of the vacation 
and you're wishing and hoping that your mate would do X, Y, and Z, and they don't, then they come back and they're all disappointed. So it's really much better to talk about it up front. Yeah. It, it, I, I love this because uh, this is actually how my wife and I do it. We explicitly lay out what our expectations are prior to leaving. Mm-hmm. And it might be, okay, the first day I plan on sleeping in. Uh, the second day, you know, I want to do this, this, and this. Um, you know, I would like to have a romantic dinner on one night. And so sometimes it's not, you know, day three. It's not as scheduled, Mm -hmm. Um, but there are markers that we try to hit. Right. So it'll say like, you know, I want to make sure that we have time to do a nice dinner out, or I want to make sure that we have some time to go on a good hike or a walk or, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. So it's not explicitly, um, focusing on, you know, time and date it's, in general. So we have that flexibility of not having to stress about it, but knowing that these are things that we want to accomplish over that duration. Right. Um, Okay. So now if a couple has kids and they go on vacation, the kids typically go with couples um, as a, you know, it's a family thing. Uh, And so my question becomes, does that make it more difficult for couples to reconnect if it's not just, um, them alone going away but they have to they have the parenting responsibilities that have uh you know gone along with them on this vacation well let me answer it by telling you that i was once at a conference and i don't remember what um talk i went into here but i do remember the speaker saying that when you go away with your children consider that a trip not a vacation (laughs) In other words, wow. it's not really a vacation. It's, yeah. it's a trip. Um, that being said, um, you know, some families are not in a, a situation where they can afford to take both a trip and a vacation. And I think that there's ways to work around it. So, you know, the first question was about, like, what are things to consider? So I would recommend that when you're planning your vacation – What you should look for are things like, are there, let's say, depending on the age of your children, camps for your kids where they could go for a couple of hours? Or is there a babysitting uh, service available uh, in the evening Um, so that maybe you have just a little bit of a chance to get away? And also, financially, what is that going to eat from your budget? Um, so does this really still become a viable trip for you? Um, some people, um, you know, go with other couples and then that way they swap kids, uh, babysitting, um, which is a very nice idea because at least that way, uh, they don't have the extra expense, but each couple then has an opportunity to spend some alone time with their mate. Um, so that's another way of doing it. Uh, but obviously, it's going to be much more difficult when you have the kids around. Um, yeah. And if you're on a trip that during the day, you're spending a lot of time keeping the kids occupied and playing and all of that, you're not just lying on a beach somewhere or by a pool somewhere, you're going to be tired. So at the end of the day, you're not going to necessarily feel like you know just having quiet time with each other because you're going to be exhausted also. Yeah. I mean, as part of... Is part of this when taking a step back to the expectation 
within that planning process, making sure that there are activities for the kids to do separate um, so that you have carved out some of that individual time? If you can, you know, if, if you, if that is something that philosophically works for you, there are some couples who are, are not going to be comfortable with that. Um, you know, they feel like this is a time for the family to be together or they're not comfortable with people that they don't know watching their kids. So in that case, that's not going to be relaxing for them. But if it is something that you're comfortable with, then yes, um, look into it. And, and that would certainly give them a little time to themselves. Okay. And so what, what more can a parent do to make sure that they aren't stressing out as parents and so when they have planned these things that when they, you know, let's say they do hire a babysitter or they do find some activity, uh, maybe there's some workshop going on wherever you're at and the kids can do this workshop and you can go browse a museum or something. Um, what can the parents do to not stress out about their parenting responsibilities and create that separation so they can enjoy themselves for however long they've been able to carve out that time for? I think they have to be realistic that Again, it's not going to be a vacation where they're going to just sit and relax um, in the same manner that they would if they were without the children. Um, to know that there's the possibility that even if there is somebody who babysits, let's say, in the, in the daytime, that the kids aren't going to be happy going. And so they may have to just readjust. Um, that, you know, pretty much... You know, I mean, I assume that if they're going on a family um, vac- trip, that they've checked out that there are activities that are appropriate for their children and, you know, the age of the children. Um, but again, I think it's all about the expectations and knowing that they're going to put a plan in place, um, that they're going to just have these little pockets that they're going to um make the best use of, that it's not going to be extended or perhaps everything they would want it to be. They're going to just have to sort of um, take what they can get and make the most out of it and know that it may not work Mm -hmm. Um, because if they're going to be babies themselves about it and say, oh, you know, it it got ruined for me there, you have to know that you'll do the best you can with it. And, you know, if it works, great. And if it doesn't, then, you know, um, you did the best you could. Yeah, you know, the the premise of this episode is, you know, getting the the most benefit for your marriage when going on a vacation. Mm-hmm. And knowing though that there are these realities that, you know, if you go out on a vacation as a family, um of course you want that family quality family time um and you want the your kids and the whole bit to have a great time. Um but we want to we're talking specifically about how to benefit the marriage in in these types of situations and knowing that you might only have, you know, 20 minutes here, a half hour here, the kids go to bed and you only have a little bit. um, Does the vacation environment offer new different opportunities that couples can take advantage of even when they're limited to just those little pockets of time? Well, I think the biggest benefit is twofold. Number one, you're away from the normal um, routine of life. So just that difference affords you the opportunity of being in a different mindset. And you're away from work. So that helps also with the mindset. Um, 
So, so part of, so part of it really is you've separated yourself from the distractions yes. of your regular life. Exactly, exactly. Um, but again, um, you know, it's not any different than when we've spoken on other episodes about date night, where you spend fifteen minutes of quality time. So I think you go into it with the mindset of okay, this is going going to afford us a little bit more relaxation because we don't have these other distractions of life. Um, and we're going to grab these opportunities, but know that that they may just be a couple of opportunities, and we'll make the best of it. Mm -hmm. and, and so the couples, families, they go on their vacations. They have a great time. They come back. They are rejuvenated. They have this loving glow about them. How can they keep those emotions going once the vacation is over, and now they sit down, and they're like, oh, yeah life. I have to deal with all this stuff again. Well, I think maybe towards the end of the vacation, they can do a review and talk about what they liked and that they'd like to keep doing. Obviously, they've taken pictures during the trip. So, you know, bring out the pictures and, and talk about it. Um, and, you know, again, try to, um, you know, as you're ending the vacation, as I just mentioned, talk about the things you liked and pick a couple of things that maybe you'll continue to do, you know, as you come back. But let's be honest, Steve, just as the glow of the honeymoon phase in a, a couple's relationship eventually diminishes, so is the vacation, which is why it's really wonderful if you get to take a vacation every year and renew it. Um, so... You know, I think that it's certainly worth trying and, um, you know, making an effort to uh, either continue it or come back to it. Uh, and there are little things that you, you can do by talking about the experience and looking at pictures. Um, but then there is the reality of life. So, yeah. No, I'm, I'm actually glad, really glad you brought up the picture thing because, as you know, the marriage research talks about how important it is to reminisce. Mm -hmm. and uh, also creating new memories. So going on the vacation is good for your marriage. But then going back and reminiscing about those good times is another one of those successful habits of yes. happy marriages. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, this is great, Karen. Um, I think that is going to do it for us, unless you had anything final points to add. Well, the only thing I would say is that um, creating memories uh, can be done whether you're at some place that's extravagant or someplace very simple. You know, as I talk to um, various people through the years, a lot of their best vacations were in very simple places, but it was because they were together and they were just having, you know, fun as a family, playing games or, you know, doing activities together, that that was really what stuck with them. So I don't think that people should worry about, well, we're not going to the fanciest hotel or we're not eating out every night. It's more about just relaxing with each other and uh, connecting with each other. You know, that's actually a really great point because I think a lot of times people will ruin their vacations trying to do things that get them out of the comfort zone. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the, you brought up the going out to for, you know, fancy dinners every night. You know, a lot of people don't have that. Most people don't have that in their budget. Mm -hmm. um, but you think like, oh, I'm on vacation, so I'm going to splurge. But then by the time it's over, you're stressing 
about the money you spent. And not only are you not coming back with the glow, but you are now fighting because of the vacation you just took because now you're in in the hole financially. So um, yeah, you're right. Like I think it's all about your perspective and, and setting yourself up for success in that regard. Right. Can you imagine how how memorable it would be if the entire family prepares a meal together? You know, everybody does something. I mean, even the youngest ones can set the table or, you know, be involved in cooking or creating a barbecue or whatever. And that's the stuff that people are going to remember um, and make them feel a part of something, especially dinner time together. Uh, we know that that's really important for families. So, again... Um, just going out to a fancy dinner is not going to be the thing that's going to, to bind people's America one vacation that uh, my husband and I um, took the kids on because it was a milestone anniversary. The thing we remember most is that the place was so horrible and how much fun we had finding a place, you know, other than the place we're in because it was absolutely a dive. But it was the, the, the work that we all did together to find another place. Um, <laughs> you know, something stupid like that or, or, you know, the drives we took together or whatever, it wasn't necessarily, um, the fanciness or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and those are the memories that we laugh about. So, uh, making good memories are what's really important. Yeah. That's excellent. Um, I, you know, it, we, that actually, when you're talking about the kitchen and the dinners and all that stuff, um, this isn't like your summer vacation type thing, but, uh, every other year I go back east uh to where my wife's family's at and for me i consider it a vacation because i'm out of my element Mm -hmm. and i don't have all my technology around me to work on the website and everything all the time um and so i do get to spend a lot of time with the family members and things but it is one of my favorite things to to go into the kitchen and and help in that cooking process and they have you know uh traditional annual meals that they make um, and it's like everybody has their role to play. And, uh, yeah, those are the, those are the things that I remember, uh, most fondly is just being able to stand in the kitchen and have great conversations and catch right. up and that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, this was great. I can't, I, I need to go somewhere now. <laughs> uh, and so thank you so much for your time, Karen. It's always a pleasure. Yes, Steve. I enjoy speaking with you as well. Uh, So I want to remind everybody that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. She has a new audio and video tool out, uh, which is produced by Karen. It is called Pillars for Partnership, and you can find that at her website, drkarensherman.com. Karen is also the author of several uh, marriage books, Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. Uh, if you want to uh, find this information you can't remember, you can always go to our website, hitchedmag.com. Uh, we have tons, tons, thousands of articles. We have a great newsletter that goes out weekly that I think you will enjoy that will keep you up to date on everything, including our most recent podcasts that go up so that you never have to miss one if you're not a regular subscriber, but I think you should be. Um, And of course, if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us on any of the the major social platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Pinterest, Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And uh, all those links are on our website as well, hitchmag.com. So one last time, thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Steve. All right. Take care, everybody.
into each other's eyes. We know that it's showtime. Clear our heads of all our worries and fears. Now we know.